0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to a special edition of the Bill Press Pod for Democratic primary debate number four. You <laughs> know, it wasn't supposed to turn out this way. The number of candidates on stage was actually supposed to shrink as time went on. Instead, it's just the opposite. The number has grown. There were 10 Democrats on stage for the last debate in Houston. There were 12 on stage last night at Otterbein University in Westerville, Ohio, just outside of Columbus. So who had a good night? Who had not such a good night? Did anybody really stand out? And in effect, did anybody eliminate themselves from the running? Well, those are some of the questions I took with me following the debate to my fellow reporters in the spin room. Gabe Benedetti coming up first here from New York Magazine. Uh, Gabe, you've seen how many four or five of these debates so far. Did tonight uh, anybody make
2: any difference? Well, obviously, Tom is going to tell. I think. There are a few things that were pretty striking here. Bernie Sanders proving that he's still very much literally alive and kicking and politically alive and kicking here had a pretty strong performance. It's very uh, telling how Pete Buttigieg came out swinging as well. He clearly had a strategy of going after people including Elizabeth Warren pretty hard. But the thing that was just keeps sticking out to me is how much more Warren spoke than everyone else. And that's because everyone acknowledges she's really the front runner now.
1: They all seem to uh, want to pick a fight in some way with
2: Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, well, I think we're kind of at the point in this race where a lot of them are saying, we have to force a difference now. And with Warren, you know, not really going after any of them by name. It's a time for a lot of them to say, well, there are some pretty big differences here. And, you know, now that voters are really paying attention, I think it's, it's time.
1: If there's one difference, it seemed to be... Um, the bold idea yeah. versus the kind of sure. more uh, secure or safer path. Right. Right. Uh, who won that argument?
2: Well, that's up to the voters. I don't mean to hedge but no, entirely, yeah. but you know, it's very. It was a very striking uh, look when you had Joe Biden standing between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, who, of course, combined uh, have much more of the vote share than he does. And, you know, in yeah. in that sense, he sort of had to defend his uh not as bold way of looking at the world um you know against their attack it was it was it was a very uh this was the first time that i ever think that we've seen the moderators be so um, explicit in essentially just saying like you guys look at the world very differently can you please just fight it out for, on stage for us
1: right any clear winner tonight
2: i don't think so uh the american people not so much you know we this is yet another debate in which we have a lot of differences that in some ways are very significant but in some ways are not compared to the obvious uh, overall fight that all these candidates want to wage against trump um it was uh, it, it, there was a lot of small ball that was played tonight yeah
1: thanks gabe thank you all right see you next time yes sir you, schwab national political reporter for the new york post and frequent guest on the bill press pod hi okay. bill uh, you sat through all three hours any clear winner tonight
3: so i think that amy klobuchar did herself some favors she is one of the four Democrats currently who might not make this next debate stage. is November 20th in Georgia. Um, and so she had a lot of good one-liners. She sort of pushed back as a very sort of strong moderate uh, in contrast with Elizabeth Warren. And I also thought it was very interesting to see these two women sort of come front and center and, and be, you know, such sort of potent candidates in this Democratic primary. It was very interesting to watch. And I actually think that they both had a better night than Kamala Harris, who I think had the strongest night the first debate
1: right so a lot of eyes tonight on bernie sanders
3: yes and Uh, he had some of the best one-liners as well especially uh sort of making light uh making a little fun of his you know his health scare uh talking about how you know he wasn't on marijuana at that one moment which i thought was good and i i think that you know him talking about sort of the robust campaign schedule he plans to sort of uh, put forward after this health scare to sort of prove to the American people that he, you know, is able to have the oomph and the uh, the energy to be the American president.
1: Uh, so any doubts that Bernie Sanders was not up for a vigorous campaign erased tonight?
3: I think that, you know, there'll always be some concerns about his age, uh, but I do think that, you know, I was telling my colleagues at the New York Post, it it was, you know, 100% Bernie Sanders, you know, back in the game tonight.
1: Yeah. Um, we saw everybody going after Elizabeth Warren. Did she hold her own?
3: I thought that they didn't topple her. Um, I thought some sometimes she seemed a little bit aloof when she was trying to respond, because actually I think this is the first debate where she was truly the uh, sort of perceived front runner. Oh yeah. And you had those sort of awkward moments a couple times where like Tulsi Gabbard would like specifically be like, Elizabeth Warren, like why won't you call out this person or do this thing? And they came across very sort of awkward uh, when it came to sort of looking at how, t- how Tulsi was deploying it. And I think Warren was sort of caught off guard in those moments as well.
1: So right in the center of the stage, Vice President Joe Biden. Yes. How'd he do?
3: I think that he did okay. I think that he came out, uh, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to sound like Trump, very strongly <laughs> on, uh, on, on foreign policy, uh, especially when he was sort of talking about his experience in that realm when it came to the Syria conflict. Though at one point he, he did have a, a slight gaffe when he, uh, you know, interchanged Afghanistan and Iraq, which, you know, is, is he, very Biden esque.
1: Yeah, he um, had several of those. Yes, actually.
3: you know, the, the sort of the. The slips that he's been having. Um, I don't know if he sort of snuffed out any questions about Hunter because I think that if people hadn't watched the interview closely today, they wouldn't exactly know what he meant by saying that you know he you know, uh, that that you know Hunter said what he needed to say and sort of moving on. And Hunter also seemed to have said that he he was probably not right in taking this business in. in um, oh my gosh, yeah. not Syria.
1: So any clear clear winner or anybody who knocked themselves out of contention?
3: I don't think anyone's truly out. I think, again, as I was saying, Klobuchar did herself some favors. I think Buttigieg had a very strong night. Um, I think Beto not as much. And he's also in danger of falling off the next debate stage because he just hasn't done well in a lot of these early state and national polls. Um, Any clear winner? I think that Klobuchar helped, helped herself judge potentially mm-hmm. a winner I think that Andrew Yang really forced a debate about automation and I think as a candidate that no one had heard of you know six months ago I think that you know he can sort of walk away from this debate and say that he performed well and, and really that his message has sort of permeated the democratic field much like Bernie Sanders had, you know in 2016 uh, you know his sort of not attack on billionaires per se, but his inequality talk has sort of seeped into the Democratic Party as and well. You know
1: what? Andrew Yang will be on the next stage.
3: Yes, he's already on,
1: yeah. and so Are is him? Tom Steyer. This is Tom
3: Steyer. Tom has already qualified for the for the fifth debate. Thanks, Nikki. All Thank right. you. Bill. Talk to you next time. All right. Great. See you.
1: And here in the spin room with uh, John Allen, who is co-author of Amy Parnes of the best book on the 2016 presidential campaign called Shattered. Hello, John. Hey, Bill. All right, tonight, uh, you sat through all three hours. Uh, any clear winner?
4: I'm not sure there was a clear winner. I thought there were some uh, movements tonight. Uh, I thought- Who Amy, moved up? I thought Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota was extraordinarily strong compared to her past debate performances. She hit Trump pretty hard early, um, announced her presence with authority there. She hit Elizabeth Warren, like many of the other candidates were doing, uh, but maybe with a little bit less of the edge Mm -hmm. than some of the others that were hitting Warren and perhaps a little bit more on substance, I think. Um, And just generally uh, took command of the stage uh, more than other candidates at her level have been able to do uh, during a lot of the previous debates. So I thought it was a really good night for Klobuchar. I thought Buttigieg was more aggressive than he has been, and I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays for him. I'm not sure that it's as much of a clear positive for him. It may be that it helps him, and maybe that it hurts him. There could be a risk of backlash because he's been known as somebody who hasn't been aggressive before.
1: If there was one overall theme, it was sort of go bold or go... Disappear. Middle of the road, or maybe. disappear? <laughs> or, <laughs> right. uh, no, I think
4: that, I mean, look. And you I, had Amy
1: Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, in a certain sense, you know, even Cory Booker, right? who they can't go that far, and then and Joe Biden, right, you know, right, with Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, they go for broke.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's uh, there's obviously an ideological divide, and there's some personality divide, uh, and they don't necessarily always match up. You know, the the people with the boldest, uh, uh, most progressive idea are not necessarily always the people that are on offense or most aggressive. Um, You know, I think Elizabeth Warren was mostly playing defense tonight. A lot of people going after her. Uh, But I guess the main frame tonight was, in in my view, was – are Democrats in a place where they want to accept somebody who's got a big idea that they might not be able to articulate exactly how they're going to get to that big idea? Right. Or do they want to take somebody with a smaller idea who says, I've been able to get some stuff done before?
1: Let me ask you an overall question. Do you think these debates are
4: good for the Democratic Party? To the extent that they might hone the candidates and get them to make better arguments uh, in In that way, they can be clarifying and good for the Democratic Party. I'm not sure that it benefits them to savage each other for three hours, uh, provide fodder for uh, for President Trump. Um, You know, I'm not sure there's a lot of value for them in that. Uh, As you know, but at the same time, I think voters want to. I think there are a lot of voters who do want to see it, Uh, and I think the public has a right to see them ask questions. And if you don't have the debates, if you take it from the other perspective they can communicate without any uh, with any contra- without any questions being asked to them potentially without any contradiction so the debates play an important role in that sort of public assessment of what's going on you not only have moderators asking them questions but you have the candidates themselves getting an the opportunity to hold each other's feet to the fire so whether or not it's good for the democratic party it's certainly a valuable piece of the process
1: yeah and it keeps people like you and me busy for sure all right thanks John Allen Here we are in the spin room, Adam Green is the head of the Progressive Change Campaign Committee. I got that right, didn't I? Co-founder. Co-founder. All right. Uh, The first organization, major political organization, to endorse Elizabeth Warren for president. So um, I guess I don't have to ask you who you thought won tonight, but
5: uh, did Elizabeth Warren, she was under attack uh, several times. Did she hold her own? Yeah, Elizabeth Warren was treated like the front runner tonight. And I think she showed that she can both withstand attacks, but also do political jujitsu and turn many attacks into political strength. I mean, when Joe Biden said, "Uh, I'm the only one who's done anything, and she talked about her fight for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and by the end, he was like, you did a hell of a job. That was just like, okay. She just actually had a net benefit from that attempted attack, right? So I feel very good. I think Democratic voters who are desperate to defeat Donald Trump saw in Elizabeth Warren someone who can be very sturdy in making the case, withstanding attacks and turning attacks into political strength.
1: This point was not made tonight, but I've heard it made by a lot of people, Democrats mm-hmm. who like her, mm-hmm. but think she's too far left to win a general election.
5: Yeah. What's your response to that? Yeah. I mean, so many of the issues that Elizabeth Warren campaigns on are actually not about left versus right. They're, they're about inside versus outside. Right. Her core theme is corruption, systemic corruption, which basically unites the bases of both parties against the elites in both parties, right? Uh, Donald Trump campaigned on, um, against Wall Street speeches, against corporate trade deals, um, for draining the swamp of corruption in Washington. He was lying about all of it, but he was tapping into a very real sentiment of people who were banging on the outside saying, we want systemic change. So you know, same thing goes with issues like Social Security and child care. Republican grandparents like their social security. Republican parents need childcare, And she's tapping into things that actually have very cross-partisan appeal.
1: I think one of the things that people are looking at tonight, watching at home particularly, is which of these candidates could you imagine on stage yeah. in a general election debating Donald Trump? Right. No doubt Elizabeth Warren could hold her own.
5: Yeah, I, I think that... Democratic voters who are desperate to defeat Donald Trump saw in Elizabeth Warren, someone who can not just take him on, but run rings around him, right? Not just absorb attacks, but turn attacks into political strength. And that's what we want. They want someone who's strong. Uh, the fact is that she's somebody who's strong and progressive shares their values uh, is all the better for many progressive voters who are honestly camped with Biden in some cases, but want a progressive who can win. Well,
1: you endorse her. Uh, when uh, a lot of people thought she didn't have a chance, and now she's a front-runner, so yep. congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Adam. We know her as the uh, one of the uh, faces we see most often on CNN. She's also... Uh, what is your title with the Daily Beast?
0: I am the D.C. Bureau Chief of oh the Daily my Beast. Oh, my God.
1: I know, right? <laughs> so fancy. The <laughs> D.C. Bureau Chief for the Daily Beast, Jackie's Kucinich. So, Jackie, overall, um, any big winner tonight?
0: You know, I was... Uh, I- I think it was really surprising how um, prepared Amy Klobuchar was. Not that she, wasn't unpre- she was unprepared in other debates, but I thought her performance really stood out tonight in a way that you hadn't seen in the previous three debates. Uh, she seemed really ready to really go into uh, Elizabeth Warren's plans and um, pull them apart and see what was there.
1: You know, that's, I've heard that from a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I felt the same thing myself. Amy Klobuchar had a good night. Right? She
0: did, and so did Pete Buttigieg. Um, yep. He was also someone that really stood out this evening. Um, he's been fourth in the polls. He kind of had telegraphed mm-hmm. that he was going to take it to Elizabeth Warren tonight, and he did. Um, there also was that very interesting exchange With Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard over um, Syria and Turkey, that he really uh, distinguished himself uh, in a way that perhaps he's done on the campaign trail, but we haven't seen on the debate stage as of yet.
1: Right. Um, The overall, do you think that the are the Democrats helping themselves with all these intermural debates? For example, over health care, they spend twenty minutes a night, sort of attacking each other. On, over health care and not talking about what Donald Trump is doing about health care.
0: I think there's two schools of thought here. Um, one is that uh, what you're saying is that if they're attacking each other they're not attacking Donald Trump. The other school of thought is that this is a debate and they need to show people that there's a difference between them. And this question about um, Elizabeth Warren and how and whether um, the middle class would be taxed under her plan is a question you hear from voters who are watching and who are reading mm-hmm. and paying attention to this debate so these questions how else are you supposed to get answers to these questions if not in a forum where they can't really wiggle out of it not just elizabeth warren you know the other candidates as well
1: right so uh elizabeth warren most people believe in the poll show front runner today but joe biden's still in some polls a front runner because how did how did joe biden do tonight
0: I think Joe Biden maintained tonight uh, the new frontrunner definitely you could tell Elizabeth Warren had raised in the polls tonight Uh, really everyone was dragging her and went back to dragging her Uh, Joe Biden got the Hunter Biden scandal question out of the way early Mm -hmm. and then everyone seemed to just move on Uh, and he was able to um, talk a little bit about his or talk again about his foreign policy experience talk about he, he and Buttigieg and Klobuchar really tried to represent that moderate wing of the Democratic Party uh, that want to talk about getting something done, perhaps more than, and we saw this at the end of the debate, perhaps more than some of the more uh, entire structure um, uh, revamp that you're hearing from Sanders and Warren.
1: And overall, do you think these Democrats, uh, final question, I'll let you go, mm-hmm. do you think these the debates, rather, um, and so many of them, and where they're really emphasizing their differences, mm-hmm. are good for the Democratic Party? Or sort of, you know, uh, taking the focus away from Donald Trump.
0: It's part of the process, right? I, I don't think I've ever covered a democratic debate where, or a Republican debate for that matter where you the idea is to talk about these issues and have an inter party discussion. Now whether it gets heated or not and whether they tear each other down, that's open to that's open to questions of whether that's helpful. But in terms of debating the ideas, that's what these are all of, that's what primaries are all about because otherwise how are people going to make up their minds about who they like?
1: Yeah And by the way, we all see. Once the primary's over, those differences kind of disappear. They
0: do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Everybody loves each other again, oh, unless God. you're Hillary Clinton and Bernie uh, Sanders. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jackie, thanks. Good to see you. Thanks, Thank Bill. you. Okay, let's take a little break from the big Democratic debate at Otterbein University in Westerville, Ohio. To tell you about today's sponsor, we're brought to you today by the Teamsters Union, The great men and women of the Teamsters under President Jim Hoffa, the fastest growing union in the country. Not just our great truck drivers, a whole lot more than that. They say, as they say, they represent everybody from A to Z, from airline pilots to zookeepers. Check out their website at Teamster.org.
4: Man, that sunset is gorgeous.
6: Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in.
4: Oh, burger time.
6: So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you.
4: I could stay here forever.
6: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery
2: And in the spin room,
1: uh, Karen Tumulty, columnist for the Washington Post. Hi, Karen. It's good to see you.
6: Great to be here.
1: Well, you sat through all three hours. I was sitting near you. Okay,
6: but I occasionally peeked at the national score. Oh, I have to admit. Yeah.
1: D- did the Nationals finally win? Yes. Seven to four. Yes. Oh my God! It's so you great. You were peeking too. I was, and I also bought two World Series tickets today. No. God. <laughs> Now, let's get back to the debate. Right. My poor editor's going to have to edit all that right. out. Um, any clear winner?
6: Um, I think that there were several people who had good nights. Um, I think Bernie Sanders was amazing because everybody was just sort of trying to gauge what kind of energy he'd be coming in with, and you know, he he really was. I think, That's in fact, right. he sort of dominated at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Amy Klobuchar had a good night. Pete Buttigieg had a good night. Elizabeth Warren, for the first time, yeah. had to deal with what you get when you're the front runner. Right, and you know, Did she hold her own. I think they didn't knock her off her her stride, but I you know, I think that it was it was very clear that the sort of um, her, her, the cruise that she's sort of had thus far has come to an end.
1: Why won't Elizabeth Warren say she will raise taxes for Medicare for All?
6: Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, that, and her, her failure to be able to sort of come up with some formulation that was, was sort of the, the most glaring, I think, um, the most glaring thing of the evening. And the fact that the other candidates sort of wouldn't let her slide on that. Was, right. was really interesting
1: and Joe Biden I mean he has maintained too so far despite the Trump attacks did he hold his own tonight do you believe
6: uh, I think he had a difficult moment when they were pressing him on whether or not you know his what his son did was was proper if even yeah. if there was no sort of ethical violation to it Uh, At some point, he's going to have to answer that with something better than I stand by what my son says. Um, But, you know, there were no great, he didn't have any great stumbles. And for him, that's saying he did pretty well in this debate.
1: It seemed to me that there was one issue that people were trying, stressing. It was the party has to either go bold or the party has to be Reasonable, it has to of, be palatable.
6: palatable. Yes, yes, right.
1: And there were clearly people on both sides of that argument tonight. And which has, side won?
6: I, you know, I don't know that either side won, but I think that has been the, you know, that has been the basic theme of this entire Democratic primary. Yeah, right. And, and of, of course, we, you know, we're still a ways away from Iowa, and we, we all know that. You know, things tend to happen at the end, right before you, you get to Iowa. So.
1: Right. Yeah. Karen, thank you so much. Thank you. Not all candidates make it into the spin room, but here is Tom Steyer.
7: Mr. Trump is going to, Mr. Trump's going to lose. Look, I think in order to beat Trump, the biggest thing people are going to want to know is that whoever the next president is, is going to be competent and trustworthy on the economy, both in terms of growth and in terms of sharing the income in the United States. And is that you? Look, I have 30 years in the private sector. I think I understand in a granular fashion what makes countries prosperous, what allows them to share that prosperity across the people in a way that nobody else has. And I think I have an ability to take him on. He's a failed business person. He's a failed steward of the economy. He's going to run on the economy if he's not impeached and thrown out of office. And he's an absolute failure on the economy. And I think I'm a person who's in a position to absolutely expose him for what he is, which is a fake and a failure. But the economy is doing great. You know, that's one way of saying it. But actually, if you look at the economy, on average, it's doing great. But 95% of Americans aren't sharing in it. Go back and take a look. Working Americans have gotten screwed. For 40 years. They're still getting screwed. We have a lot of jobs, but you can't live on the jobs. We have a lot of jobs, but you can't pay for your health care. You can't pay for your rent on those jobs. Take an actual look about how the money's getting split up in the United States of America, shockingly unfairly and unjustly, and it's proof that what I've been saying is true. These corporations have bought the government and they've enabled it to absolutely take advantage of working people and the labor movement specifically. Tom, on impeachment,
1: do you feel the rest of the crowd tonight on the stage are just catching up with you? (laughs)
7: Look, it isn't me, it's the American people. All along what I've been trying to say about impeachment is it's not about DC, it's not about Tom Steyer. It's about the American people knowing right from wrong and insisting the people inside DC act that way. So it's not about me. They're catching up with the American people, which this is how democracy, unfortunately, is working today. Do you think your campaign helped get us to where we are oh, today? There, there's, Look, there's no doubt that the voice of the American people is what's made this happen. This is what I, we've been talking about. Outsiders forcing elected officials to do the right thing.
1: So here in the spin room, the co-host of the show, Devil's Advocates out of Madison, Wisconsin, uh, two crazy guys. Co-hosts are... Mike Crew, Dominic Salvia. There you go. Um, this is your first Democratic debate that you've actually been to? No, our fourth in this cycle and
8: probably our 15th debate overall. He oh. drags me all over the country, man.
1: Oh, Jesus, you guys are uh, gluttons for punishment. <laughs> all right, uh, overall. Well, we're
8: the smart ones, Bill. We go to the bar during the debate oh. and we just come back <laughs> for the spin
1: room. All right. All right, having watched this one in the bar. Uh, who, was a, who was a clear winner tonight? I thought Bernie Sanders showed well. I thought that Elizabeth
8: Warren kind of got stumped on the taxes question, raising taxes on middle-class uh, taxpayers, I guess, uh, regarding Medicare for all. Uh, I thought Joe seemed a little reembunctious and defensive in regards to his son, Hunter Biden. Uh, and I think a few of the candidates on the wings did Okay. But ultimately, it's a three-horse race, as I see it Three horses
1: being? Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Joe Biden. Right. And, Dominic, the difference is uh, Bernie and uh, Elizabeth Warren are saying, go big, go bold, and Joe Biden is saying, go slow.
9: Well, and you have those philosophies, and that's really the split within the party, right? Uh, But this this whole cost thing is an issue for me. And I think... Bernie articulated it well, and I wish Elizabeth Warren would do the same thing. She's talking about net cost, you know, and maybe it's too much to think about net out of pocket, what the actual cost is, what the, you know, because yes, of course taxes will be raised, but as Bernie articulately pointed out, you're gonna not have the premiums and the co-pays and all the rest of it to go along, which will offset you know, the other cost. So I, I just, I'd rather have that ar- argument, that discussion straight up in front of everybody instead of this dancing around. And, and I like Elizabeth Warren, but I just, she doesn't really address the issue and everyone knows she's not addressing it. And that's why she's a target on the issue.
1: Yeah, why won't she say she, she'll raise taxes?
9: I'm not clear. I, she, I think- For well, the same reason Obama didn't say it, they called it a tax penalty because no one wants to raise taxes. But Bernie, but I think Bernie has the right, people are we're adults here. We, we can understand what taxes, increase in, ca- in taxes, but a decrease in our daily expenses or our monthly expenses. Well, she gets the point. She's saying it, but she's not saying it.
1: So here's the question. Yes, uh, as a progressive, as a Democrat, at least that I have, is why should the Democrats be spending three hours beating up on each other rather than beating up on Donald Trump?
8: Because Donald Trump's going to spend eight months beating up on whoever the eventual nominee is. And if that person's not ready for that fight, if they haven't been challenged in this primary contest bill they're not going to be prepared for the the lies the mudslinging i mean you better have a thick skin if you hope to oppose donald trump in the general and i think this is the time to toughen up our candidates so
1: um which of the candidates do you think whether you agree or not helped himself or herself the most tonight
9: Honestly, it was the entirety of the debate. I was okay, too busy right. talking with Trump supporters in the bar.
8: From what you saw in yeah. the bar, Bernie Sanders. Bernie, Bernie Sanders showed that he's not dead yet. <laughs> I think he, he showed uh, a lot of energy <laughs> oh, yeah, and a it. lot of clarity on the points he was trying to make. Yeah, and I, I think, com- as opposed, to, and, and that's the thing that's always attracted me yeah. to his candidacy, Bernie Sanders is forthright in what he is advocating for. He He doesn't. He, he doesn't BS around, Bill, and and that's what I like about the man. And I think some of the polling recently, since the heart attack, has shown a drop off in Bernie's support. I think he helped himself the most. I think the rest of them are playing catch up to
1: Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren at this stage. Yeah. No, Bernie had a good night, and, and any well, doubt, any, any doubt about Bernie's. Well,
9: that was the big concern, right? How is he going to come out? How is he going to look? Yeah. And regardless yeah. of what he says, he's always going to be cantankerous and rambunctious. Uh, but he came out and he looked. Like Bernie Sanders. Healthy and, and strong. Yeah, yeah. So that ready that, for the fight. That, that, that alleviated at least some of my fears, Bill.
1: As you've heard, most people said Senator Amy Klobuchar had a good night and she certainly felt so too.
10: Um, my message is that you've got a president that made a bunch of promises to you. He promised he was going to help you. Then he passed a tax bill that added over a trillion dollars in debt. It's going to put the burden on this guy's shoulders. Yeah. Not good. Um, And then he went to Mar-a-Lago and told all his rich friends, hey, I just made you a lot richer. That's the one time he told the truth. Um, And so my case I'm making to the voters in those states that he won. And then we came roaring back with Sherrod Brown's victory here in Ohio. Uh, with the governor of Pennsylvania, my friend Bob Casey winning there, with the new governor of Michigan who ran on the slogan, fix the damn roads. And if you don't think we can win the Midwest, four words for you, former Governor Scott Walker. What were those candidates have in common? They weren't necessarily celebrity candidates. They weren't like the ones with the biggest lists. No, they reflected the communities they served. They were willing to reach out to people in rural areas and suburban areas and bring an economic message to them that made sense. That was the case I made today. And it's a case based on my own experience. I'm the one that's passed over 100 bills where I am the lead Democrat. I went on that stage. I am the one that has won in these red districts every single time. And I've done it by going to the voters. And that's what I did today
1: in the uh, spin room, Fashakir, is the campaign manager for Senator Bernie Sanders. Uh, has a lot of eyes on Senator Sanders tonight. Uh, everybody uh, hoping he's doing well and wanted to see that he's doing well. Uh, any questions about his health? Pretty much answered tonight. Completely
11: dispelled, right? Bill, I mean, he, had a, he rocked it tonight. He was a, it was a commanding performance, he was on the debate stage showing the Bernie Sanders that we all know and love, which is somebody who's not only a person of deep conviction, like I think every back and forth, deep conviction, uh, strident at times, uh, leveling the hammer when he had to when he, when he has a disagreement about Joe Biden, but also funny. You know, a couple back and forth with uh, Cory Booker about marijuana. I mean, I think it's lots of smiles from him. I, I thought it was. I couldn't have asked for a better performance from him. I'm, I'm very happy with how tonight went.
1: Big news today for the campaign and a couple of big endorsements. Yes. Tell us about
11: it. Yeah, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, will be at uh, our rally on Saturday in Queens in New York. Uh, we're excited to have her endorsing the campaign. And, of course, uh, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar also endorsing the campaign. We're very pleased to get their endorsements, uh, hope and believe that there will be others. And I think the reason why those two in particular have endorsed the campaign is because they believe and trust that Bernie Sanders is someone who will fight, uh, who will fight for the working class of America, who will take on uh, established interests, whether they're corporate interests, corporate media interests, and and truly uh, it, it fight for a bold and ambitious agenda. When it's whether it's the Green New Deal or canceling all student debt or Medicare for All, it's thinking big and thinking revolutionary in in, in your mindset. Well, that
1: was, I think, the overriding theme of the debate. Right is. Go bold or go um, no. what shall we say? Go Moderate home. or easy or go <laughs> I would <laughs> I say go put home. it that way, but
11: uh, go bold yeah. or go home is our is our view. I mean I, I do do think that the Bill, I say this seriously. And the, that's the a direction
1: the, the Democratic Party, right? Well, which and, and direction? And the country, to go? But
11: this is this is the important thing about in understanding why Bernie Sanders is who he is. Is when you look at this moment in time, Bill, the income and wealth inequality in this country is at drastic Uh, Differentials. You've got uh, the existential threat of climate change that is literally right around the corner of 10, 15 years. We're talking about permanent damage. And you look at a healthcare system that is completely dysfunctional, and and if we don't revolutionize it, only people are going to land more into uh, medical debt and die because they cannot get access to a doctor. So you look at these problems and you see that if you look out into the horizons, these are getting worse. And who is going to step up and, and, and address these at their root causes? And I think mean, that is that is the ethos of our campaign. That is the ethos of the movement is to say, you know, these are, we're in a moment where we can't just be Donald Trump. You've got to transform the system. You've got to take on the people who have power, which are corporate actors, billionaires. you got to take power from them and deliver it to the working class. And
1: one thing that was pretty clear tonight is that from now on, Bernie Sanders' campaign, is I mean, it's full bore yeah, all the way, I right? Mean, I mean, no backing off, no he, slowing down.
11: He said this really touching thing, I think, in a, in a video this week, straight to his supporters, that, that moved me. He said, we all have one life to live. And the question is, what are you going to do with it?" And, and for him, it's been a mission of his life, Bill. You know this, is taking on the greed and the corruption of our political system and revolutionizing it. And till you know, God forbid, I hope he just never passes away. But until that day, he's going to be fighting. And well, he's not going away. All right? All right. And then I'm glad he's here. And you've
1: got a long way to go, fast. so good luck, and we'll see you again. Thank you. Uh, and now just a couple of comments on my own, uh, reflecting what we've heard from uh, many good friends here in the spin room in Westerville, Ohio, at Otterbein University following the Democratic debate. Um, I thought several people had a really good night tonight. Amy Klobuchar, as others have said, had, I thought, a very, very good night. She showed herself as a, where she should be, uh, one of the front runners. Uh, She was very strong, she made a lot of sense, and she did so, I thought, in a very um, attractive, a very comfortable, uh, a very folksy kind of manner. Um, I thought Pete Buttigieg uh, had a good night, Uh, was very strong, particularly uh, when he was talking about uh, the Turkey-Syria situation, about the war in Syria. Um, And he, both he and Amy Klobuchar, uh, were sort of the standard bearers of the argument. Uh, Joe Biden making the same argument, uh, that the Democratic, Democratic Party has to be kind of reasonable, almost middle of the road, and not too bold, not too revolutionary. On the other hand, on the other side of that equation, I believe that both Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders um, made their argument that we need bold solutions, almost an American revolution. They made it very strongly. Certainly Bernie Sanders showed that there was any doubt about he's up to this campaign and he's not gonna slow down at all. That was made tonight. Final point for me watching the debate is, the question I keep coming back to is, is it worth it to have the Democrats on stage for three hours attacking each other? Is this really helping uh, move the Democratic party forward? I love primaries. I love debates. I just wish that the Democrats from now on would spend less time picking at each other, less time falling into the trap of answering the moderators' questions about how they differ with each other and take the case instead to Donald Trump. They spend 20 minutes tonight talking about how they differed on Medicare for all. They should have been talking about the fact that Donald Trump is trying to destroy the whole damn process and take protection away from people with pre-existing conditions and take Obamacare away and destroy it altogether and leave the American people with nothing. So focus on Donald Trump and stop picking on each other would be my final little comment for uh, the Democrats before their next debate. Maybe they'll listen. And that's a wrap from the fourth Democratic primary debate at Otterbein University in Westerville, Ohio. Thanks so much for listening, and please, if you haven't already done so, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or TuneIn, and subscribe to the Bill Press Pod. And if you like what you heard, give us a five-star review. That really helps us get the word out. We'll be back next with our Reporters' Roundtable on Friday, October 18. Three of Washington's finest reporters— bringing us all up to date on the big news of this week. We'll talk about what's happening in Syria, what's happening with Turkey and Donald Trump, and what's the latest on impeachment and all of that Friday, October 18. Meanwhile, stay strong, and we'll see you on the next edition of the Bill Press Pod.